2: It's the 5 p.m. hour. Huge show on a Wednesday. Huge shout out to our producer, Brett Hayes, on the ones and twos today. All these Wednesday's editions of The Huge Show, by the way, courtesy of the MHSAA. We have talked a lot of Tigers so far today. We had Chris Castellani out in hour number one. I'm sure you'll be able to listen back to that in podcast form coming out after this show has concluded. But for now, I want to go and go into somebody and talk to somebody who's very familiar with the Tigers and just exactly what changes have taken place internally after. After Al Avila and now into the Scott Harris era Brian Pena played for the Tigers back in 2013 had a decade-long decade-plus major league career few people know about what's going on for the Tigers not only where they're going but where they have been and how things have changed over the course of the past year Brian Pena joins us right now as you hear an excerpt from West Michigan Whitecaps radio on the huge show Welcome back. Whitecaps radio continues. We are getting ready for West Michigan Whitecaps baseball. And who better to do that with than the manager of the Whitecaps, Brian Pena, who is now fresh into the top five of the winningest managers in West Michigan Whitecaps history. Past former Baltimore Orioles, Skip Byrne. Of course, former Whitecaps manager, Phil Regan, with a win last week. And he joins us now. Skip, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, thanks for
3: joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, H.T., I'm very proud, man. Very proud of... uh, you know, that moment. And obviously, especially, you know, thank you to everybody who has something to do with those victories, especially our players, you know, that they go out there every single day and they give me their best, you know. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you to the Detroit Tigers organization, obviously, but also the White Caps. I mean, uh, you know, because uh, this has been a great, uh, you know, moment for me, a great experience for me. And also, this is home. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited about, you know, continuing to to, to work, you know, with our guys. And, uh, you know, and, and like I said before, you know, thanks everybody who has something to do with these coaches, uh, trainers, uh, strength conditioning coaches, you know, uh, and then, and, and the players. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud and uh, super excited about, you know, the future and, uh, and we got to keep going. You know, if you're lucky enough to make it as a player, especially in major league baseball,
2: a lot of times guys have a moment where they say, this is the moment I figured out that I belong here. And I'm sure maybe you had that because you played a long time in the major leagues, but as a manager, have you had your moment yet, or you've been able to say, you know what, I belong here not only as a player, but now as a skipper?
3: Well, I, I, this is going to sound a little selfish, but definitely, you know, my first year uh, that I managed, we, we won the championship, golf coast league, exactly. So that was one of those like, whoa, now, you know, now the bar is very high, you know. But uh, th- that's uh, not because we won, but obviously, you know, it gave me an opportunity, you know, for me to continue to fall in love with this position that I am. But but at the same time, you know, I don't take nothing for granted, man. I'm I'm one of those guys that I, I want to learn, you know, about pitching. I want to learn about hitting. I want to learn about you know positioning. I want to learn about you know up, uh, offense. I want to learn about uh, you know an outfielder defense, and I want to learn about infield defense. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if I'm going to be managed, you know, next year. I don't know where am I going to be at, you know. So you want to get uh, used to, uh, you know, to to the analytics. You want to learn from from different sources, and uh, you know, and and then you just want prepare yourself but obviously i love what i do I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful you know to all the coaches that i have all the coaches that i learned from and all the coaches that are still learning from them you know but uh, like i said before man i i'm willing to learn i'm, I'm super excited and uh, you know i have a lot to learn i have a lot you know to continue you know to get better at but at the same time you know I'm, i got i got my heart and my mind in the right place uh place i'm sorry and uh, i'm super excited about it
2: take me through what are the differences or what are some differences between managing at a level like this in West Michigan in the Gulf Coast League? Or maybe more specific, what? how different was it managing in 2018-2019 versus managing in 2023? It's a lot of new information out there.
3: Well, definitely the analytic part of the game right now is a little behavior. You know, obviously, uh, me personally, I, uh, I'm very uh, uh, excited about numbers because I love numbers. You know, that's something that I, that I always admire and that is something that I always pay attention to. But at the same time, you know, for me, Personally, you know, to be able to understand exactly, you know, the way the, the, the game is trending, the directions that we're going, and, uh, and and analytically, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm 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 doing a pretty good job, you know, making sure that I can relate the you know the information relate the information to our players, you know, to making sure that I understand exactly what our front office people want, and what is exactly what the analytic you know department want, you know, from from us, uh, you know, to give to our players, and that, that's something that it forced me, you know, to get better. That's something that it forced me to. Understand you know better than than I side of the game, and also you know different uh, uh, players and, and and different coaches that I have to be able to work with you know. But uh, you know I always told myself you know you coach at the level that you are coaching at you know. So that is something that I that I feel like uh, I I I'm, I'm very I'm very good about about adjusting you know because also remember um, you know I know that we don't talk too much about it, but I also had a chance you know to coach in Dominican winable, which one is a level where there is a lot of big league players and there. there is a level that you have to win, you know, there is now that there is not such a thing of developing, there is not such a thing of, of trying to get the players better. You know, out there it's all about winning, out there it's all about you know about you know making sure that uh, everybody's ready to play everybody's ready to win. But it's very challenging because you have players from different organizations. You got players that also they play in Asia, you have players that also play in Mexico, you got players that also play uh independent ball in Korea also. So you have mix of a lot of different uh you know players you know coming from Different places, and also that was a great experience for me. You know, to be able to be the bench coach for Luis, Pipe uh, Luis Pipe Ureta. You know, who is, ran, who is now he's the bench coach for the uh, for the Skip Schumacher. You know, with the Marlins. So, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. That is a position that I love. That is a position that I really admire, and that is a bench coach position. You know, I really learned a lot from him. I really love, I fell in love with the position, and uh, and obviously, you know, like I said before, I just want to learn and continue to get better. Uh, you know, that way I can put our Players in a much better position to be successful, and I uh, continue to help our coaches and continue to learn from all of them.
2: You mentioned learning. You mentioned the analytics, a lot of different numbers. What's your relationship like? Were you any good at math when you were back in school all those years ago?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I wasn't the smartest guy out uh, there, but I pay attention to little details. You know, I pay attention to uh, you know to to what my eyes are telling me, and I use you know I use analytics to confirm you know what I'm seeing. You know, I use in the analytics you know to make sure that. I'm that I'm that I'm trusting myself to make sure that I'm putting you know our guys in a good position, you know, and, and, and also, you know, I use, you know, the analytics for me to learn and, and for me to appreciate, you know, what the game is giving us, you know, analytically. So, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I love numbers, man. I really do. And like I said before, you know, I continue to look forward, you know, to continue to learn and, and continue to, you know, to get better. And, uh, you know, I sit down in that computer for uh, an hour, an hour and a half every single day after the game. And, uh, and I love that because I get uh, I get a lot of information and that information I can give it to uh, Rico Ball or I can give it to, to CJ Wesley, you know, and then we talk about it. And then uh, Trevor, you know, who is our assistant, you know, pitching coach, you know, he will come in and also and we would talk about it because he also is very good with numbers, you know. So it's kind of like it, it, it's a team effort, you know, it's a team effort. And uh, and obviously, you know, we want our guys to, uh, to understand that this is the way, you know, we want things to get done in Detroit. And uh, that's why we're preparing our guys. We're not preparing our guys to, uh, you know, to be with Brian Pena forever. We prepare our guys, you know, to go out there and uh, and 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 uh, and be ready for the big league level, and also, you know, having them ready for AJ Hinch. We're talking with Brian Pena. So, this is fascinating, because you say, I use the numbers
2: to confirm what my eyes see. So, I'm just curious. What happens when that doesn't happen? Let's say that the numbers, the analytics don't confirm what you see. What's your process like then? Like, what do you do in order to either change it, work on it, fix it? Like, what happens when the eye test isn't matching up what is supposed to be happening on paper?
3: Well, one thing that really helped me, too, is that I went to a scouting school. That's another thing that a lot of people don't no. You know, so Brian Pena is sitting here, but I've been I've been I've been everywhere like that son, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know when you go through uh, uh, to a scouting school, they teach you a little bit more about paying attention to projections. You know, they teach you you know a little bit more about paying attention to develop. They teach you a little bit more about paying attention to to the to tools. You know, so sometimes the numbers they don't see that. You know, so it's kind of like okay, so uh, right now, you know, I understand that Brian Pena is not going to a good to a good time because. Because I hate to, I hate to use the word struggle. You know what I mean. We don't struggle. Sometimes
2: we say in a rut. We don't like to say struggle. What would you say?
3: I would say that we're not our best. You know that is uh, that is the definition that I like to use. That's the definition that I give to our players. Because remember, when when you as a player you heard your skipper saying like, "Hey, I know that you're struggling right now," so that automatically is putting in the player's mind that my skipper is not trusting me anymore. Yeah, and it feels more permanent sometimes. It does. It does. You know, so but it I, shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But it all depends what people you know uh, 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 get uh, you know that that information from you. So me as a skipper, I'd rather use you know right now. I know that you're not at your best. Right now, I know that we are not our best, but, you know, we are going to be, you know, continue to work hard and we're going to continue to do stuff like that because the word struggle is a very heavy word, you know, especially in, a, in such a difficult game that, that we play. So I, I substitute that one, you know, for uh, right now, we're not at our best. So going back to your question, you know, I go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. I go back to the basics. I go back to watch film. I go back to uh, interact with our players, sit down with my coaches, what is exactly what you guys see because, uh, you know, I'm not always going to be right. You know, but if we all uh, are on the same page and we all communicate, and that is exactly what um, you know, Scott Harris and uh, AJ, AJ Hinch and, uh, and and Garco wants. You know, us to be able to communicate. You know, like the other day, you know, I I, I had a phone call from AJ Hinch. You know, he came and then he called just to check in and see how everything is doing. You know, how how we doing? How you know if they need to if we need any help or something like that? That's huge, man. That's huge because I know how difficult and how stressful it is. You know, to be man. At the highest level, and for him to take his time and to give a call to me, for him to take his time and send me a text message, you know, he says a lot about him. He says a lot about the leadership, you know, that uh, that our organization, you know, is is uh, is led by, it, you know, and uh, and and uh, you know, and and it make me appreciate even more what we have, you know. So uh, like I say, I go back to my basics. I communicate with our coaches. I communicate with our players, and then we go back to the basics because uh, that's that's the most important part, you know. At times, you know, you have to go back. And and you have to start from uh, you know from scratch you know to you know for you to continue to grow and and that's the way I use the analytics too you know what I'm saying because uh, at the same time numbers never lie but sometimes they can deceive you a little bit.
2: I'd like to get your state of the ball club here in just a minute, but there's been one question I've been thinking about with you because there's one thing you told me. maybe it was last year, but it's always been on my mind. Where you told essentially to some of your players or maybe to some of your coaches. You've said it to me before. You said rather than thinking about the minor leagues in the form of class A, high A, double A, triple A, there really isn't so much levels as there are just two levels, that being the big leagues and the minor
3: leagues. Can you talk about that and just expand on what that means to you? Well, I think as an industry right now, the, the industry is getting younger and younger and younger every year, you know? So you you have uh, an opportunity to see players go, going from double A to a big league. You know, players, that they, they, they skip triple A baseball and they're ready to, you know, to play at the the big league level, you know, so it's kind of like our players, they're just a text message away from being eerie, you know, and they're just a text message away from Erie to the big league. Who knows what's going to happen, you know, so with that being said, you know, I don't want you to caught up in that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in higher baseball, I'm in a minor league, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get, you know, to a big league. I feel like that's too far away. In reality, it's not because the way the industry is moving right now, you know, we want our younger players to prepare. We want our younger players to understand that there is an opportunity Opportunity out there for you to be successful at the highest level and for you to have a shot you know to become a big leaguer but uh you know if you don't take advantage of that if, if you are a, you know if, if you are one of those players that it feels like you know things are not going my way or start feeling sorry for yourself and stuff like that that is not a good mindset that is not a good mentality and I, and that is my job you know my job is to make sure that our players understand you know what let's not get caught up in the in the results right now and let's focus a little bit more about the process because the process is the one the is gonna dictate, you know, how far can we go? And at the end of the day, we all want to be a big leaguers. We all want to be in Detroit. We all want to win, you know, the World Series. And uh, you know, talking about that, you know, I had a very good conversation with Kreider today. You know, he came Kreider, Ryan Kreider. So he came down here, and obviously, unfortunately, you know, he got you know he got hurt. So uh, you know, he went through a uh, you know to a rehab uh, you know process. Right now, he's going through a rehab process, so he's gonna be playing with us tonight. But I have a conversation with him, and I'm like, Do you remember the first year that I. I welcome you to this organization when you when we were in Connecticut for the first time right yeah that's how that it's his year wasn't exactly it? and I told him I say I, I never drink you know but when you guys make it to a to a big league that's going to be one of those days that I've got to look for an excuse and have a beer you know because uh you know it's kind of like it's very very good it's a great feeling you know when you have a younger players you know coming through you uh, through the system and and you have a little bit to do with your success you know so it feels like uh you know it's it's very rewarding, you know, to see their sacrifice, to see their commitment, their discipline. And for them to be out there in Detroit and for and for us to be able to watch them, you know, in Bali Sport and and for us to be able to, you know, to see them being successful at that level is priceless, man. And it's a beautiful moment. And, you know, right now, you know, you have guys like, you know, Kryler, Riley Green, Tolkerson, you know, Gary Hill, you know, Scubo, you know, Manning, you know, and then on and on and on and uh and then you know they coming talent they're coming and they're very close to you know to be at that level and for you to understand that at some point you rode a bus with those guys at some point you know you wrote the, their name in your lineup at some point you know you broke you know bread with them at some point you know you, you you shared great moments with them and also you shared you know some tears and some happiness and for you to be able to see them out there at the highest level representing the Detroit Tigers man that's a beautiful feeling and uh and and uh, you know that's bigger than than Brian Pena, and uh, you know, that's that's something that uh, I always going to appreciate, and that's, the, and that's part of what we do, and that's part why we fall in love with, uh, you know, with that assignment, and uh, you know, like I said before, man, I'm blessed, and I'm super super humble, and, and very honored. Last one before we let you go, Skip, your team's in second place right now, handful of games over 500
2: of the Midwest League Eastern Division. Just some of your observations from what you've seen from your team the last week or so.
3: Well, the thing about it is, like, you know, we, we, we have been challenged, you know, we have been challenged, Obviously, we have been facing, you know, pretty good teams, you know, but at the same time, that's exactly what you want. You know, you want to see what we made of. You know, you want to see your players, you know, embrace, you know, this kind of playoff atmosphere, you know. And I know, you know, that we still have a lot of time, but at the same time, you know, we don't take nothing for granted. You know, every time that we go out there, we learn from our mistakes. Every time that we go out there, we appreciate the opportunity that we have, you know, to wear the uniform. And, you know, right now it feels like, you know, our guys is, still you know uh, uh getting used to you know to, to to that grind you know because a lot of them they haven't played full season yet and this is the first year that they're doing some of them you know they play full season but they've never been up north you know they have they never have to deal with the weather and stuff like that I'm not putting excuses for our players because we don't do that you know we are we are who we are and we believe you know what we can do but at the same time it's a reality you know that we are to face but you know with that being said you know we we, we feel very happy man and very Excited about our team. We're very excited about our team future, and uh, we just have to keep going, man. We just have to understand that uh, that uh, it's, a, it's an everyday thing, but at the same time, you know, just take advantage of this uh, uh, blessing, a uh, chance that God is giving you. You know, to uh, to wear uh, you know a white caps uniform and representing the Detroit Tigers. That's funny because last year in the second half, we were chasing
2: Lake County, and that team was playing out of their mind good. I mean, they were so way over five hundred, and you guys had to win so many games just to keep. Up with them. It kind of feels like Great Lakes is doing the exact same thing right now. In some way, does that make your team better? Because it's a high bar, and you have to really continue to grind to hit that. Well, it
3: definitely, it forces you to be better. Yeah, it forces you to bring you know the best talent, you know, the, the, and 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 uh, your best talent. And also, you know, it forces you to understand that uh, the industry is 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 very good. Like you know, there is teams out there they they, they have uh, you know some uh, younger players, and and those players they're ready, 20, 21 Years old, and you see that uh, you know these younger players, you know, they, they put in some numbers and they hit with power and they understand, you know, what they need to do. Some of those guys they got good arms, some of those guys they go out there and uh, and and, and they, they 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 compete, you know, at, the, at, at a very good level. So it's kind of like, hey, you know what, that is a good thing because that's going to bring us a uh, talent, you know, uh, that, that's going to force us to be better, and also it's make us understand that I'm not taking nothing for granted and every single game count. So uh, it's a good thing, you know, the baseball is going through this. Right now, because I believe that, uh, like I say, I believe that it doesn't allow you to feel comfortable. That it doesn't allow you to, you know, to take anything for granted, and uh, and and for you to go out there every single day and, and force yourself to be better, and force yourself to have your best every single day. And that's what talent do, and that's what competition does, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like I said before, man, uh, we just have to keep going. Age, you know, we gotta keep going, and uh, we gotta enjoy, you know, what we do. But most important, like I always told our players, let's have fun, mm-hmm. let's have fun, and then. Let's embrace each other because we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. That's right. But right now, we just have to be present, and that's our goal.
2: Yep. Enjoy it. Love the game. Don't get too comfortable. Learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That is Brian Pena, the manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps. Can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. This has been great. Always good to catch up with you, and thank you very much for spending some time yeah, with us.
3: Yeah, I mean, us. thank you, and also I want to give uh, you know Mitch, our uh, head grounds crew guide, uh, you know, uh, a shout out because him and his crew they're doing a tremendous job for our guys to be to be able you know to go out there and, and enjoy a big league uh, you know environment and also a big league field. So a lot of credit to those guys. I mean, Mitch, I mean, uh, and, and his crew, they're doing a tremendous job, you know, for us and, and our players are super happy, super excited, and uh, he also, you know, they, they sacrifice a lot, you know, for us to be successful, you know, because they come early, they have that field ready for us to hit early, they have that field ready for our pitchers to throw good they have that field ready for our guys, you know, to take ground ball. So like I say, it's a total team effort, and uh, you know, we're very grateful and very thankful, you know, for, for the entire organization, the caps organization, and uh, we just uh, you know have to keep going well it's one of those things that you don't notice unless things are usually going wrong but if you're out there every day you notice it
2: whether it's going right or wrong that's why Mitch Houghton is not only a good groundskeeper but a one who's won awards multiple times over for the fields that he's put together Skip thank you very much no thank you guys God bless you that is Brian Payne, right here on the Whitecaps baseball network And that was Brian Pena. We hope you enjoyed hearing from the former Detroit Tiger. He is a fascinating person to get to know, to hear from, to talk to, to understand and to simply be around. We talked a little bit about Ted Lasso earlier on in our number two, the 4 p.m. hour. We were talking about the Detroit Lions and the modern build for the right type of head coach, manager, that leader of men, so to speak. Brian Pena is all of that and then some. Thanks so much to Brian Pena for spending some time here on the Huge Show. Much more to come as we move along into a next segment and a wrap of everything we've talked about here today. A little more Lions talk on the other side of this timeout on the Wednesday edition of the Huge Show presented by the MHSAA.
0: From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Although it will be another 42 years before the next one, an unassisted triple play is made for the second consecutive day in the major leagues on this date in 1927. Johnny Noon accomplishes the rare play in the ninth inning, saving the Tigers' one nothing victory. The first baseman catches Homer Suma's line drive, tags Charlie in the runner on first, and then beats Glenn Myatt to second base, making it the first time the last three outs of a game result from a solo triple killing. Noon would play just six years in the majors, four with Detroit with that 1927 season being his best. The Tigers that year finished 11 games over 500, but closed 27 and a half games back of the famous Murderer's Row Yankees that won the pennant
4: Did you know that child abuse is
1: 100% preventable? 100%. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police could use your help because you have the power to make that 100% dream a reality. Start by talking with your local police department and learn how you can work together to prevent child abuse right in your own community. 100% is within our reach, and our kids are counting
0: on us to make it happen.
2: Continuing the 5 p.m. hour here on The Huge Show. Thanks for sticking with us throughout the course of your Wednesday. All Huge Shows on Wednesdays come to us courtesy of the MHSAA. We've got much more to come here on this edition of The Huge Show. but. We just heard a conversation with Brian Pena, the Whitecaps manager out in West Michigan. There's a couple different minor league teams in the state, but of course, West Michigan is the Detroit Tigers affiliate, and there's a lot of questions as to what differences are taking place beyond Scott Harris and within the Tigers minor leagues. Well, Hopefully that articulated it because in having watched this season, I've noticed some big differences. One of the big things that we've noticed is the ability to kind of reflect what's going on at the major league level in terms of successfully employing platoons. We've seen things change and lineups be fluid at the major league level. Sometimes this guy's playing, this sometimes this guy isn't, but then he comes in around the fifth inning. We're kind of seeing that throughout the entire minor league system as well. They're really deciding that that's one of the areas in which they think they can and will try to exploit and take advantage. So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed overall. You know, you think about what's happened at the major league level, especially over the last 24 hours, Eduardo Rodriguez gone, Riley green gone. I mean, those are the, the two biggest reasons why the Detroit Tigers were a game out of first place on Memorial day. So look, I think it helps temper expectations. I don't think this was ever a 90-win team. I think this is a competitive team, and I think a lot of us just simply wanted that to be the case when this season began. So simply just having a 90-win you know team, that's all great, but of course there's a lot of expectations that come along when you have a club of that caliber. I don't think any of us are looking around thinking that that's what this team is, but they're now without two of their best, if not their absolute two best players. But all that being said, the Tigers have probably done a better job than any other team in the American League Central to this point at exploiting matchups. So even if they don't have a Riley Green, even if they don't have an Eduardo Rodriguez, especially in the case of Green, I think they're going to have ways and ideas as to how to compensate for that. They have a little bit less to work with, but in terms of what they've been able to get out, they've been able to do a lot with a little this year. We talked to Chris Castellani back in the 3 p.m. hour and he talked a lot about the best story that he's noticed over the course to begin this season. He named Zach McKinstry and it makes a lot of sense. I mean you think about where they got him and how they got him. They gave up I think like a minor league pitcher for Zach McKinstry but he is giving them value that far beyond their wildest measure could have possibly brought Brought them. He's turning into a fixture for the Detroit Tigers. I'm talking about a long term major league option at an important position in your lineup, probably a leadoff man, and with that ability to play all over the field. I mean, he is a super, super valuable player. Believe it or not, Zach McKinstry, much more so than probably anybody else on the roster right now, is probably the biggest reason why the Tigers pulled to within a game of 500. And we're sitting here at the precipice of the month of June. So it is exciting and it's something that I want to see continue also, I wanted to give a quick shout-out. Today is my sister's birthday. Today is her birthday, so I wanted to say shout-out. Happy birthday, sis. Love you. And, you know, in terms of all I want for her today is a Detroit Tigers win. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, and actually, I think I want Riley Green back. Can we do that? <laughs> you heard Brian Pena talk. You've heard Chris Castellani. We covered a lot with the Detroit Lions earlier today. And, you know, to kind of put a on that. I will say this. I think there's more interest locally in terms of the football team, in terms of the Lions, than there ever has been. It's so funny. I actually watched the end of the series Ted Lasso last night. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, first of all, why? It's one of, if not the best shows on streaming services anywhere. You can find it on Apple TV+. Plus, But you learn the impact, especially in the modern age, as to what coaches really should be. You know, you think back to former coaches you think back to the old school scrap iron kind of surly old person and it doesn't really work that way anymore i think the position of of leadership especially in a dugout or on a sideline or or anywhere like that i think i think a coach That job description is different today than it ever has been. And much less about teaching X's and O's, and of course there is a place for that. But I think these coaches, and and this is where I gave the Lions a lot of credit, they got it right when they hired Dan Campbell. And it didn't have to be Dan Campbell. There's a lot of great leader of men types, right? But I'm glad that it was him because, you know, when watching something like a Ted Lasso, you realize the importance of being able to connect with the people, who are out there trying to find what's best for you. And we live in an age where mental health is a very important talking point. And to be able to look and see how these players and how these people, they now show their best on the playing field. If they're right mentally, they, they, they do. And, you know, physically that stuff will take care of itself. But, To get the most out of these people, you're trying to get the best versions of themselves. And truthfully, the best way to get that is by developing the person every bit as much as developing that player. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, confidence breeds success. We know that. And whether we're seeing the Detroit Tigers take a slap shot at one of those rinky-dink nets in the dugout as their home run celebration or... You go back to the Hard Knocks series with the Detroit Lions last year, and you saw exactly how things have changed. Look, The Detroit Lions were not that team a couple of years ago. (laughs) If anything, they were kind of like the very beginning of the pilot episode of Ted Lasso, where they were totally dysfunctional at the very beginning, and they had to make a change. They did. They made changes at the top, and those changes have moved them in a direction where the culture has just tremendously and exponentially improved. So to see how that's happened, probably one of the most deserving fan bases in all of pro sports, the Detroit Lions fan base, to have not only a good team, because there's a lot of good teams out there, but a feel-good story to go along with it. You know, I know coaches don't love hard knocks, they don't want things getting out, they don't want them being seen in a more candid light for a number of different reasons, but I would venture to guess that the hard knock series probably did more good for the Detroit Lions from the top down than anything else that's come around in the last 10 years. That was probably the best thing that's ever happened to them. This is a simple idea that they can now attract They can attract attention. They have people rooting for them. You know, I know that they say that the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. And sure, they've got fans all over the country. No question. But just look across national media coverage over the last few weeks of the football season last year. They weren't trumpeting the Dallas Cowboys. No, they, they weren't. Everybody and their brothers were on the Detroit Lions hype train. Every single analyst, every single pundit, they were always pointing at Detroit. And you see what system that they've built. They've got, if you watch Ted Lasso, they've got their their wunderkind in Ben Johnson, the outstanding offensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. He's got a ton of new pieces to play around with his defense. And like we talked about in the 4 p.m. hour, I was not convinced that the draft was something that was going to help them long term I I think they had addressed some more pieces in the short term and that's great I think you just had to kind of wrap your mind around the idea that this team was ready to compete this season and if that meant sacrificing a little bit of long term gains if you will I think they think they can have their cake and eat it too you know it's why the whole positional value conversation came into play when they selected Jameer Gibbs at number 12. I would have been very curious to have seen what direction they would have gone had Bijan Robinson been available at that pick. think it would have been really, really hard to pass up on the obvious generational prospects versus a player that is known best for catching passes. And that's just kind of a secondary skill set as it pertains to the running back position. But they've always said that he's a weapon. And look, as it pertains to the Lions... I'm I'm in. I'm I'm more intrigued, I'm more curious than I ever have been with that team. And and I spent a couple of seasons with the Detroit Lions Radio Network. So in seeing what they were to what they are, the best version of that Lions team is right here in front of us. And the expectations are 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 high. I mean, look, I fully believe that there's going to be a celebration at some point during that year because there's going to be a home playoff game at Ford Field. I I think that is 100% a reasonable expectation for where the Lions are. And they had a lot of draft picks. So not only did they fix areas in which they thought they really needed, but they did it with dynamic young players, albeit at positions that I didn't exactly think that, that were the highest positional value, whether it be running back or middle linebacker or tight end, but All that aside, they got pieces at the positions they felt they needed the most. And at this point, I mean, it's hard to question it. They found a way to improve across the board in so many different areas. And now they had that one last big draft, the the Matthew Stafford trade draft, if you will. This was their last shot. And from now on, we're back to a normal amount of picks from this point on. So the Lions, I'm in. I'm very, very excited about what that team could be. It's hour number three, the 5 p.m. hour here on The Huge Show. Much more to come as we enjoy a Wednesday edition of The Huge Show. Thanks so much for everybody for listening. My name's Dan Hasty, in for Bill Simonson here on a Wednesday, brought to you by the MHSAA. We'll wrap up the 5 p.m. hour when we come back here on The Huge Show.
0: Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: It is time for another segment of True and Blue, something we do every week on The Huge Show across Michigan in conjunction with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. We talk about the great stories connected to our police departments all across this beautiful state and today uh, abigail thompson who's a senior at eaton rapids high school is set to join us she's wanting to pursue law enforcement as a career and has her own opinions on the state of law enforcement in michigan and across america welcome to the show abigail thank you for having me all right so tell me where you developed your interest in law enforcement
4: Um, well, uh, it started when I was a kid, uh, I've loved helping people since I was little, um, and just seeing all the cops out on the street, patrolling, like giving out stickers to the kids has always been a, a big thing for me. Um, and then I always like the idea that they never have the same thing happen every day. Um, it's always different. They deal with different people. It's never the same thing over and over again.
1: (laughs) And I did notice in some of the notes here that uh, you currently are in the Explorer's Post 9-11 at the Lansing Police Department. You applied for the cadet position as well in Lansing, and we'll be starting uh, there in June. So that's pretty cool that uh, you're really getting a head start on becoming a police officer.
4: Yes, I am. I'm very excited.
1: So what is it like between the Explorer's uh, post and the cadet position. Uh, what are you learning there uh, connected to the Lansing Police Department while you're still in high school?
4: So, uh, through Explorers, you learn all your basics. Um, basic police work, like traffic stop, felonies, everything and anything that we can to better enhance our abilities when we go into uh, a law, our law enforcement career. And um, The cadet position is just a paid position through the actual department, so that's more of a job kind of like thing, where I would do more report writing and all of that good stuff, so it's just more learning experience for me before I get into um, the actual law enforcement aspect of it. Well,
1: well, being in high school and having that explorer's uh, position at the Lansing Police Department, uh, what did you learn about law enforcement that you didn't know going in, the most important thing?
4: Um, you always got to be on your toes. You got to be ready for anything. Um, it's never the same. Uh, you could go to a call and the person's nice and happy. And then two seconds later, they're trying to punch you. I mean, it's kind of play it by ear. But I just learned that you have to expect the unexpected. It's never going to be the same every day.
1: Uh, Abigail Thompson, who is just graduating from Eaton Rapids High School in the Lansing area, joining us on another edition of True and Blue on the HUGE show across Michigan. Every week it's presented at this time by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. So, you know, I have three kids in high school, one who just graduated. Social networks are a big part of information, both misinformation and real information for kids. So, law enforcement hasn't been portrayed in the right light, I believe, over the last few years via the social networks. Uh, what has been your response to it and other kids that you went to high school with in Eaton Rapids when it comes to how law enforcement is portrayed on the social networks?
4: Well, for me, I'm, I've always liked cops. Cops has always been something that um, have been on my, has been on my mind. Um especially recently i feel like they've been portrayed in a way where people go into any any interaction with law enforcement in a bad in a bad way you could say um kids nowadays i feel like see it on social media and then it automatically think hey that um regular day of work or that that use of force is um a police officer misusing their um their rights and their laws as a Police officer. Um, I don't, I personally don't believe it's true. Um, I think they're just doing their job, and the media tends to portray like something that's going to give them a story, which is not their fault. But um, I just wanted to shed light on how law enforcement isn't always going to be nice and happy all the time. Uh, There is points where you need to use force. And that it's not always just because they just want to put their hands on somebody. It's because it's their job.
1: Abigail Thompson, uh, she wants to help change the theme of how law enforcement is portrayed at this time on the social network. She's going to move into a paid cadet position with the Lansing Police Department uh, in June. Just graduated from Eaton Rapids High School. Loves her family. uh, Respects law enforcement. Uh, Good luck with everything, Abigail. I can just hear it in your voice. You're in the right place. You got the right frame of mind. And we will follow you as you begin your journey on a law enforcement career. Thank you. All right, Abigail Thompson out of Eaton Rapids, Michigan. We've talked to a couple of high schoolers during our True and Blue segments that started back in February here on the HUGE show. And it really, I almost get emotional. Because we can be led to believe by social networks or the media today that law enforcement doesn't have the respect of America, the majority. And I believe they do. I've always said that. And when I hear the voice of a high school senior, now a graduate, willing to step out, defend law enforcement, and move it into a career in law enforcement, uh, says a lot. So I bet her family is very proud of Abigail Thompson out of Eaton Rapids High School. For our listeners on the Game 730 AM in Lansing, we appreciated her time here on another edition of True and Blue, which is brought to you each and every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police.
0: Big. Bad. Huge.